Uh, look here, Josh. It's Podmax Podcast, episode two. And look at that. We still have that new show smell. Hmm, smells good to me. A lot to share with you folks right here, right now, the Podmax Podcast Live. Welcome to the Podmax Podcast. Question for you, Eric. Yes. Question away. Spoken like a true host. How's my frame? It's good. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Is it, is it framed well? It's got some depth to it. Are, then- do you? Oh, we just got. <laughs> wow. Eric. Eric's. Uh, pro, uh, Eric. Jacob's producing behind the scenes in, in real time. Um, do you do, do you as a show host, um, do you give thought? Because I don't know if it's just the remnants of my acting and film career coming through. But do you give focus on your frame? Like, do you concern it a lot? Is, is it a thing? Look at where I am uh, and you answer the question. It's, it's, it's a big yes. Yes. So anyone who's listening to the podcast, and I'll, I'll share with you who are, who are watching, yeah. if you could see, so I'm not, I'm not at home right now, but um, in this space that I'm in, I deliberately figured out eventually how to frame myself. So, I, so uh, from a filmmaker's perspective, from a you know, director of photography's point of view or any photographer, Ooh, fancy, you, you, fancy. You, definitely, <laughs> you, you, you don't want to center things generally because um, it's, I don't know the exact terminology around why, but I know it's, it tends to be boring or somewhat amateur to center everything. You want to have things thirds. slightly off center. Yeah. yeah. So I hear, as you can see, anyone who's watching, um, there's a bookcase that's very starking white right now because of the sunlight coming through the window. But then there's a dark door here to my left. So as you can see, there's a light side of me and there's a dark side of me. That's Oh, you don't say dark side of you. Yeah, <laughs> which figuratively in all sorts of ways, um, you know, t- is telling. But yeah, it's 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 deliberate, and I think I do that at home and in our studio as well. I'm always slightly to the right of the frame, like you said, a third yeah. of the frame yeah. over. Are you aware of that third? I know it's big. I, I don't know the technical term, but it's huge in photography. Mm-hmm. That if you look at some of the 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 best pictures and photographs, it's thirds, whether it's yes. vertical or horizontal, you'll notice elements and structure is thirds and, and that's appealing. Yeah. So I, I if, if anyone on in, in the show, anyone who's listening or watching, uh, you know, and, and knows the reasons and the terms why, um, I just know it from, you know, years back, you know, in college, taking photography classes mm-hmm. and film courses, um, that that is a thing. And then also even aesthetically when designing and I don't know if it's feng shui, but when you design, um, the room things in thirds. So if you have two items, you don't want to just put two items on the shelf. You want to put three things on the shelf. You want to put things so that they all sort of merge and, and, and work well together. Yeah. So So I'm glad that you, um, validated my, um, very awareness of my, my frame. I think all good show hosts who do video, um, are concerned and do give it some weight. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because we just were talking to one of our partners, Todd Giannastasio. Shout out. Um, and, Why say and, his and, last and, name like that? Because I like his last name. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I could say it correctly. That's um, true. It's, it's, so he, he, he normally doesn't have his mic in the frame. And we're like, yeah. why is that? And the second he, it was like this. Yeah. So, yeah. Even further, yeah. Even further. So yeah, I'm doing my podcast like this, but I was like, hey, can you pull it closer for a second? And then all of a sudden it was like James Earl Jones. And I was like, yeah, keep it close. Besides that obvious use of it amplifying your voice more appropriately, I've always liked when there was part of the mic in mm. view because I mean, it's a, it's a signal. Yes. Right? I mean, it's, it is. it's a signal. It is. You it's pro. It is it's pro. pro. Speaking, Speaking of, well, wait, uh, really quick before we get into our segment, nice segue. Um, not only is it pro, how many meetings, Eric, have we been on together in the past year with another person or two where we're meeting for the first time? We come to the table naturally like this with our headphones and microphone, and immediately they comment on it. They say, "Wow, you guys, you guys are prepared, or you guys are professional, or you guys know mm -hmm. what you're." doing yeah. right so it does don't write off what impression this makes and if we're living and breathing in the podcast space saying hey we are professionals we know what what to do we know what we're doing this goes a long way yeah the digital dress code i like to call it because when you step into the room physically People are going to perceive you a certain way, how you're dressed, how you're carrying yourself, how's your hair, is it uh, deliberately messy, you know, people, people pay attention to these details, consciously and subconsciously. So right. yeah, stepping up to the frame uh, with the bow tie, so to speak, or the, you know, the dress or the shirt or whatever it is, uh, people are going to automatically assume something. And we don't know what that is, but we can definitely influence that by That's having right. pro stuff in front of us. That's right. So I'm going to assume that we're going into our first segment because this is a segment show. Uh, and uh, let's go into the first segment. There it is. Take us in. Yeah. So thank you for that. Pro and no, our segment, uh, which give industry insights, what's happening in the podcast marketing world. So I wanted to talk about how on December 30th, not too long ago, 2020, Amazon announced that they have purchased a company called Wondery, which is a company, a podcast creation and production company that does high-end uh, podcasts, you know, storytelling, things like that. Uh, some of their most notable podcasts are, are shows called Dirty John. Uh, there's one called Dr. Death, which um, a lot of people may know about, Business Wars. Uh, I even know Catfish from MTV. The, that show is under their house. So Amazon purchased them and they plan to add their entire library, their entire catalog into Amazon Music. So for those who probably don't even know about Amazon Music, they launched that just a month prior in September 2020. And I'm going to give a quote of what Amazon said on their strategic, you know, and their reasoning behind this. They say, this is a pivotal moment to expand Amazon Music's offering beyond music as a listener as listeners habits begin to evolve we are committed to podcasts we've partnered with twitch for the live streaming aspect of things 
And their plan is to make Amazon Music a premier destination for creators, right? Isn't that wild? Because we all know Amazon as mostly a consumption platform where we consume and buy their products and do and their services. But now they're saying Amazon Music is for the creator, which... Yeah. I'd love to get your thoughts, Josh. Well, it's it's no it's no secret or surprise. Now, first of all, I knew just how big a deal this was when multiple people in my family were <laughs> forwarding me the news announcement. I'm like, yeah, I, I I know, I heard. Thank you, though. But it really does put it into perspective when. Uh, my father and my brother are sending me links of this. So it's it's national and international news. Not too long ago, probably six months ago, I was at my dermatologist. Don't worry, it's benign. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that bad at all. Um, I was I was at my dermatologist and uh, he was making small talk and he's like, so Josh, what do you do? And gosh, I mean, in, in best days, I struggle with that answer, right? <laughs> what do I do? I'm talking to my dermatologist. How do I answer this while he's like groping my back? That's <laughs> what he does. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I sort of wrapped it up in the guise of I work in the podcast industry. Without missing a beat, he says, what's that? Oof. Yeah, what's that? So, you know, we have to start to go down another technical path, but that just shows that, you know, even six months ago, not everybody is aware. Now people are getting news in all of their outlets that Amazon is buying Wondery. I mean, it's not the first of this kind of news, but there's starting to be an effect yeah. Uh, so, so what does this do for us as creators, right? They, they specifically called us out. They said, this is for you, the creator. Um, I, I wanted to highlight also, you know, what this does for us as businesses, as personal brands, as, as, as creators is that obviously Apple is in the podcast industry. They, they basically create it, right? The word podcast comes from the iPod. Then Google got into the game, right? In producing, creating, and, 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 and distributing podcasts. There you go. Spotify bought Anchor not too long ago. They doubled down on podcasts. And Joe Rogan. Creating and Joe Rogan. <laughs> and Literally. Then now Amazon. So now we have Apple, Google, and Amazon. And iHeart. And iHeart. Yeah. But yes, but I'm talking about three gigantic corporations that weren't specifically designed for podcasts for podcasting, uh -huh. for podcast uh -huh. distribution, for podcast creation. So I know in my hardest and, 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 and everything inside my DNA and bones is telling us we're in the right industry. Everyone who's involved with us is in the right industry. We are on the cusp of something m magnificent and gigantic because if every single gigantic corporation is jumping into the podcasting space, well, that's a place you want to be.
Right? Yeah, and uh, it's it's certainly not too late. I've heard I've heard people think that ah, oh, you know, I missed the boat. I should have gotten it. No, it's so 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 early. There are still yeah. so many opportunities. And what's not surprising is you take someone like um, a Netflix who started by collecting movies and shows on their platform so you can watch. Then what did they do? They got into Netflix originals, right? Mm. Some of the best program in, in history are original programming from Netflix. Spotify did the same. They started buying, you know, like you said, they bought Anchor, so they have a, a, a base of shows to sort of run with, but then they start doing Spotify originals. So Amazon's gonna do the same thing. Amazon already in years past, they have a production studio mm -hmm. where they create Amazon original programming. It's going to sooner than later be the same. They're gonna create Amazon specific programs. So oh, yeah, it, yeah it, it's, it's so early, get in in any way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are the corporations that innovate, right? And there are a lot of companies out there, especially corporations who are afraid to innovate, right? They're very, very uh, comfortable where they are. Um, hence why there's no, no more KB toys. There's no more Caldors or Gimbals or- oh God, um, You're giving Kovacs, me the chills, wow. More Lomans. Uh, you know, there's no more of these companies. Why? Because they didn't innovate. Toys R Us did not innovate. They did not recognize the signs of a changing industry and consumption habits it was too late by the time they realized it. So Apple, Google, Amazon, they innovate. We all know them to be innovators. We all know them to be the top dogs. So if they're in the space and they're figuring it out and they're investing in and not asking, what's the ROI on a podcast, which is the number one question asked of us and asked of what podcasts do for their business, Ask Apple what the ROI is on a podcast. Ask Spotify or ask Amazon why they're investing in podcasting. So the question always comes to that we always joke about is, uh, what's the ROI on your mom? You know, I love that Gary V question because there is no direct answer. It's such a new industry. It's a, such a new platform that uh, we're all figuring it out as we go. So sky's the limit when it comes to podcasting right now. And here's the other thing about that. We are obviously um, neck deep in the podcast space, meaning everything we do, the end result and distribution of is in the podcast medium, meaning we help you identify, practice and communicate your message through podcasts at this point in time. However, even at this very moment, once you identify, practice, and communicate that message, podcasting is only one outlet, one avenue where you could distribute and communicate that message. It can still live on your website, on social media, on YouTube, in videos, in your email, in your blog post articles, in sales conversations, anywhere. So just because we are so deep in the podcast space now, which come on, this is going to go on for years as it is. It's not like if this were to crumble tomorrow, we'd be out of business because we're still all about helping you identify and communicate that message for you. We're just using the podcast medium yeah. to help you execute and distribute it. Exactly. So right. with that, let's jump into our next segment, which is called build it and they will come, come, come. Oh, I like that part. Um, <laughs> 
Yesterday, we had our PodMax pre-event training. As you may know, our 10th, count it, 10th PodMax event is coming up this Friday. So the week before, which was yesterday, we have a pre-event training where all the attendees show up and we help orient them, we help answer their questions, and most importantly, we work with all of them one-on-one -on -one and in small groups to make sure that they are mastering the mic and feel confident about their message. We do this in the form of, so tell us about yourself, and we help you really, really nail that opening 60 or 90 seconds that you should really get right when you go on a show and because uh, that because that positions you in in all the ways you need what happened yesterday we want to highlight two people who were there one was our new friend rhino julie certainly not her full name but the name she goes by and she's branded all kinds of ways as rhino julie so in the course of conversation in the group yesterday i naturally asked her which really would have been one of my first few questions to her if she was a guest on my show. And I said, so tell us about what is this, what is Rhino Julie? What is that about? She took a minute or two to explain the how, the what, and the why. And it all came down to conscious and strategic branding, deliberate branding, to the point that Eric's head exploded because He's a branding guy, but then also in that minute or two of just talking about what Rhino Julie is, the how and the why of it, everybody in the room immediately mm. fell in love with her. We were immediately connected to her. We immediately liked her. We immediately wanted to know more about her. That is the goal of your entrance, of your brand, of how you you talk about yourself up front. How you talk about yourself up front on shows is to get people who are listening to say, wow, I wanna know more about this person. I can relate to this person. I like this person. Did she once tell us about her business? No, <laughs> but you better believe everybody in the room is like, I'm gonna look her up on all social platforms. I'm gonna look at her website. I'm gonna look at what she does. I'm gonna wanna be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. That was powerful, definitely. And we we go into these breakout rooms within our strategies and tips sessions that Josh was talking about uh, pre-PodMax main event. And when I was in the breakout room and we do our one-on-ones within the smaller group there, Josh and I split up and we lead those rooms. Uh, one person there uh, by the name of Kristen, um, Kristen uh, Jekalek, and she, she's coming to PodMax and she said on the fly during this event, from listening to other people speak about their brands and themselves, she came up with a new story. She came up with something that she thought would be more eye-catching, ear-catching, more of a hook into her and her business. And she test drove it during my mock interview with her. I didn't know she was test driving it. I didn't know it was new. I thought this was her thing. And I said, this is really well thought out. Great job. You know, here's the good. Here's some of the bad, um, some of the tweaks potentially. And she said, you know, that's the first time I ever said that. And I was like, what? I'm like, yeah. you nailed it. So I think our pre-event training is so powerful for a dry run test ground for you, your story. If you want to 
you want to you want to get the cobwebs off or you want to get comfortable in front of the mic there's an audience there there was literally over half a dozen people listening to her and her you know new sort of angle on her her story and her intro that she was able to get live feedback not just from me but from other people in the room that were learning from her and then also had some some advice as well yeah, whether you use PodMax and its pre-event training for that purpose, it's really so valuable for the for the person listening who guests or who wants to guest or the host who knows to build awareness for their show is to guest, is to always find the ways you can get feedback on how you're appearing. Right. One of the things we're adding to this PodMax event on Friday is that exact guest feedback from the show hosts. We haven't done it in this regard before, but we're formalizing in it. So, you know, PodMax, the event we help you get, among other things, you're going to be a, an inner, you're going to be a guest on three shows recorded all that day. Plus you get the training and education masterclass. You get the keynote, you get all the networking, you get eight hours of goodness. But getting on those shows, we're going to have the the host give feedback in a form that, that, that will then pass off to you on how you did, what worked very well, so you could hear it back. How often, when I go on shows, would I love for a host to say, yeah. you know what worked very well? You know what I think you should do all the time? You know what should not be lost? This was what worked so well. This is what was just a little unclear, you know, in a very yeah. formalized way. So always look for feedback on what yeah. you're doing. Right. I mean, how do we improve? How do we get better at something if we're not analyzing and taking feedback and trying to tweak or modify what, what it is we're doing? That's 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 how we elevate. Yeah. Get Speaking of feedback, we got a great piece of feedback from our man, Larry Roberts. Uh, always shout out to you, Larry. Um, there was a, a seemingly random post of mine um, on Facebook the other day, and he took he took the time to to give us some feedback on how he views PodMax the event. Now, we are, I mean, this is a new, unique event in itself. It's certainly original and unique to us. So for the past year, I'm always all ears to how is this landing? How do you how would you describe it? What is this event? How do you put words to it? Mm. Um, so I just want to read two sentences that Larry spelled out that sort of puts it into perspective for us. He wrote, what you and Eric have created in PodMax is not something that happens every day. It is a tremendous safe space for expression, creativity, and growth. Mm. Yeah. I mean, safe space is so powerful because we always talk about vulnerability right and being yourself and that will open up the conversation and the host uh, both sides of the mic to to be vulnerable uh so yeah that's 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 really powerful statement um that i think anyone who comes to the podmax event not just event but comes through in any way will feel and resonate with that if they if they bring that to to the table 
Yeah, and if we weren't open for feedback, which any great entrepreneur, any great business person, any great person in life, and yes, it's a little tough because you have to be vulnerable, you have to be open, you should be so open to all feedback. And what's our what's our unfortunate go-to? We get defensive, right? Mm-hmm. When we hear feedback. I had to work, and still am, had to work long and hard to be open to feedback and really see it for what it is and say, okay, yeah, thanks. I could, uh... and now I start to take pride when I get a piece of feedback that in my past may have stung a little bit, but now I'm like, yo, that's great. Thanks. Awesome. I love hearing it. Yeah. I mean, and it also helps to, to really identify where the feedback is coming from. If Mm. something doesn't really hit or you feel like, okay, I'm not being defensive. Is this accurate feedback for me? Um, if it doesn't feel right, you can always check the source, you know, does this person, um, you know, is this, is this something they're trying to tell themselves? Not, (laughs) not necessarily me. Um, I know that sometimes when I give feedback to someone, let's say my wife, I will think about it later and say, oh, maybe that's something that I'm working on or need to work on and I'm just projecting. So also, yeah, check the source um, when 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 getting feedback um, and, and then and then take it in if you feel like, okay, yeah, the source has some genuine uh, you know concerns or or feedback for me. So great. Yeah, rolling on to the next. There we go. What's the next segment, Josh? It's called, Have You Ever? And in our our first episode last week, we spoke about that. I don't know. Is this a nod to good old Andy Rooney, which in itself is, I mean, that's a callback. How many people do you think really know who Andy Rooney, without giving context, know who it was? Some. I mean, who's our audience, right? Do we know? We know Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney. And come to find uh, Claude Silver, who is the chief heart officer of VaynerMedia, who's coming to PodMax, uh, who I'll be chatting with during the event, is a Gen Xer. I had no idea. So I'm sure she knows who <laughs> who Andy Rooney is. If I'm not mistaken, we too are Gen Xers. Yes, is that exactly. Correct? Exactly. So we are Gen Xers. We are Gen so- Xers. So have you ever, in this segment, we talk about something that one of us have experienced as a host or a guest and throw it out there. So this week it's, have you ever been a, been a host and been in front of a long winded guest, a guest who you ask a question of, and they just go on and on and on and on, and there is no end in sight. And then you start to wonder, okay, they should have stopped, or am I gonna break in? How am I gonna break in? Ever happened to you, Eric? Oh, absolutely. I, on both sides of the mic, I would say I've experienced either as a guest, you know, interviewing someone, maybe myself checking myself or listening back to something. Maybe I went a little too long or uh, listening to a podcast where I hear a host going on too long on their own show when interviewing someone. So yeah, there's many, many different angles that I've seen it done, but in particular, let's focus for now um, on what you were saying, which is a a host as a host and listening to someone that I'm interviewing um, going on too long. I generally like to let them, go um if i feel they need my help so if um i had a tony robbins-esque 
personality on my show. Very that might be big, an exception, right? Yeah. And I let him run with it. He didn't need me. And basically I threw up a question, maybe three throughout the entire hour, but he, he held his own and I, I don't know. He didn't need an assist. There are though some that need an assist and they don't know where they're going with something and then you have to rein it in. Right. So a guest may, and this is important for, again, the person out there who wants to guest does guest, um, on shows, you have to, you have to sort of get comfortable with the, the standard length of an answer. Let's say it's a 45 or 50 minute show, uh, versus a 15 or 20 minute show, which is why as a guest, one of the questions I always ask is how long do we like to go for? Mm. Because again, if it's 45 or 60 minutes, I know how much time I could take, but if it's 15, 20 minutes and there are those shows out there, I have to be aware that, okay, my, my answers have to be a little more succinct and to the point, regardless, let's even say the 45 or 50 or 60 minute show where you have a little more freedom and leeway. You still don't want to banter on mm -hmm. and on. You want to make your point. And I don't think you then have to recap your point or take it down a side street. That's when I'm like, no, no, no. As a host, I'm like, we, we got it. Let me, let me now go and take it where, where it needs to go. So you should always, as a guest, I mean, everybody's doing video these days, right? So mm. you, you have the benefit of on both sides of the mic, looking at body language, mm -hmm. seeing if they're getting ready to, uh, you know, take a breath, do, are, are, are they yet, yet, right? So you could use body language. So just be aware, and it comes with experience, it comes with practice to know when your answers are complete. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I wanna add to the visual component to what we're all experiencing now. Whereas, you know, Josh and I have been podcasting for a while where it was still a question is there video involved in this? And sometimes you just like, yeah, we're doing it, but we're not using it. Now it's a given. Be ready. There's a video component to the podcast. So what Josh mentioned in terms of, and this, this, this depends on the individual. You may not be this type of person live, you know, and in person face to face with someone reading visual physical cues where I'm a very, you know, I, I'm a poker player reading tells and letting, you know, just getting information based off very minor sort of, uh, nuances. And if you notice someone sitting back and we mentioned, we talk about this, Josh, that means usually they're defensive, but from this perspective in a podcast, it means they're like, we're going to let you ride. You got the wheel. You can take it. Like Yes, sitting back, exactly. That means, okay, the host is gonna let me ride this, uh, drive this. If he starts or she starts to lean in or in, you know, starts to pull the mic closer, they've got something to add and you should wind down or pass the baton. So those little things, those visual cues, you should be paying attention to as a guest. It also begs the question, who's running the show, right? <laughs> Are you as a guest in the passenger seat? I think yeah. yes. Yeah. I think you're you're there to serve the host and their their audience, or at least the host and their responsibility is to serve their audience. So that means that you need to be aware of how you're answering the question, to what end, and then just 
you know, letting it sit and trusting that they'll then pick up where they need. It's the same thing we teach in that opening segment, which is why our pre-event training focuses so heavily on let's nail that first one to two minute version of, so tell us about yourself because it's going to do so much. You either get it right or you don't. And if you can get it right, the listener is going to say, well, I'm going to continue listening to this. Or if you don't, it's like, meh, meh, mm-hmm. right? So I always say that there's a fine line between giving too much away, giving too much information, too many details, right? You don't want to set up three or four different life-changing stories in that <laughs> opening. Some of them could be saved. It's like, because yeah. <laughs> it, then it's just too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing before we, we part from this segment, I wanted to add on the other side of things, as a host, and I've heard multiple shows, and I am and was guilty of this myself. As a host, if you have your own show, um, you have to very quickly identify whether the show is for you and your credibility and your platform, or are you highlighting the guest and giving them a platform to shine and tell their story, add value to your audience. Now, once you identify that, and if you say, okay, this show is for my guest and creating relationships and potential partnerships and clients, finding new clients, well then be very conscious of how long you go as a host, because yes, you want to relate to their stories. You want to be able to add a little bit of your spice and flavor to the conversation, but be very conscious of going too long and then alienating or creating some tension with your guest who's now thinking, okay, I came on the show to tell my story, but meanwhile, the host is talking the entire time. We've all heard those type of shows. So be very, very conscious of how long you're talking as a host. It's a fine balance, isn't it? That again, comes with skill and comes with expert experience on both sides of the mic, because you also don't want to be the host that just sets up a question gets the answer and then doesn't even respond and then just asks the next question. So of course you have the freedom and the, the ability to sort of recap some of the great points you heard, Mm. put it into further perspective from your point of view Mm -hmm. for your audience. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Float a theory is the best, some of the best advice that we've gotten (laughs) from our friend, Jason Pfeiffer. What does that mean? Uh, So when you're interviewing someone and this goes for a barbecue or having a conversation with someone in general, whether you're on a mic or not, when you float a theory, what it does is shows the person that's on the other end that you're listening that you're paying attention to what they're saying and you're analyzing what they're saying and you're beginning to formulate a question based off what they just told you and not being afraid to float a theory, meaning your question, even though you may know the answer, is floating a theory that they can now respond to. So let's try to throw an example. Hey, Josh, you know, you just told a story about, you know, how you love Starbucks and why you love macchiatos. And is it, do you really go there for the coffee or do you think you go there for the environment, the culture? You like to get work done there. You like the atmosphere and the people that work there. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect example, Eric, because in, in, in what Jason Pfeiffer says is it's that is so much better. And we see why than just saying, so you said you like Starbucks macchiato so much. 
why is that? Right. Now that forces me to think about and make a connection, but you're giving me an example, which could be a hundred percent wrong. Like, mm -hmm. no, it's not that at mm -hmm. all. It's actually this, but it also allows me to see things in a different perspective mm -hmm. that I make because the best moments I love, like if you were to say that and I, and that's not the reason, but I'm, I'm now in a new frame mm -hmm. of mind. And I might say, you know, Eric, I, I never mm -hmm. thought about it like that, but yeah. there might be something to that. Now, how strong is this conversation yeah. now? Now you got me thinking in a new way. Mm -hmm. You have me opened up to new concepts, ideas, and possibilities. Now yeah. we're connected in a new way. And it's like, God, Eric, thank that. Wow. Yeah. I, now you brought something out that I'm like, I didn't even see that and coming. It's it's a skill set that's constant and needs attention and exercise to get better at it. But then again, there's the other side really quickly before we we part from this. I know we're trying to move away from this one and wrap this up. Yeah. But here's the cool thing. The opposite end, like Josh said earlier, if you have a list of questions, you know, and, and you're and you're looking at them and you're like, you're 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 worried about the next question as opposed to listening carefully to what they're saying and just throwing those questions out the window if needed building upon the conversation naturally is going to make for a better flow better connection to the guest as opposed to i'm hitting the next question regardless of what you just said i'm not even listening to what you said because i'm so focused on the next question i've had those interviews and they were terrible I did too. And we'll save that conversation for next week's Have You Ever? Or yeah. maybe a near future Have You Ever? Because I've had those too. And, and we'll get into all of that. Absolutely. So guys, what you just experienced is episode two of the PodMax podcast, which as you see, is Eric and I through these different segments, trying to help you on both sides of the mic, master the mic, become a better host, improve your skills as, as a guest and storyteller, and just gain the technique and the knowledge that you need to be the best you can. Absolutely. So we'll see you at the next show. We'll definitely see you at PodMax coming to you each and every month as an event, as a training session, all that wonderful stuff that you need, we need, we need you, and we love the podcast community and tribe. See you at the next one, and we'll talk to you next week. Welcome to the PodMax Podcast.